I am Patrick Eos, National President of Fraternal Order Police. This is The Blue View. I want to thank you all for joining us on a, on a Blue View podcast. Uh, you know, the, the, the challenges of, of, of uh, agencies dealing with, uh, with, with a fallen officer is a, is a bird that most agencies luckily don't, are not familiar with. But when they do, it's tragic. It, it's, uh, it's consuming, and there's a lot of planning that could happen in the front end. It would be very helpful. So, so before we get into all that, I want to ask each one of you if you'll kind of introduce yourself. Rick, let's start with you uh, for our viewers. Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, our National Chaplain Rick Schneider. Sure. Rick Snyder uh, serves as the national chaplain for the national FOP. I'm uh, based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, where I also serve as our Indianapolis FOP president. I still remain an active officer and uh, spend a lot of time uh, walking alongside our officers throughout the country uh, when they're dealing with uh, um, tragedy, but also uh, in good times as well. And so it's just a great privilege for me. And uh, I'm really looking forward to being with all of you here today. Well, well, thank you, Rick. And Crystal, about a little bit about yourself? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, I am a licensed funeral director and embalmer. I'm the location manager of Lincoln Memorial Park and Funeral Home here in Portland, Oregon. This year, I will be with the company for 15 years, and I've been in the funeral industry for 20. I used to work as an EMT in Portland before I changed careers to be in funeral services. And I'm actually on the board of directors of the Oregon Fallen Badge Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that is specifically focused on law enforcement line of duty deaths and handling them in the appropriate manner, providing support to agencies, community and survivors. Uh, Great. And Shannon, a little bit about you. Yes, thank you. I'm Shannon Nordyke. I'm a licensed funeral director and um, the location manager here at Palm Eastern Mortuary in Las Vegas. Um, I have been in the industry for 17 years. Um, I've been here with Palm for the past nine years. Um, Myself, as well as um, our market director here at Palm, we are both the liaison for our local police department. Um, to handle any um, deaths that may occur, whether it be family members from the department or line of duty, um, as well as I'm a liaison with our um, local military base as well. Great. Now, Rick, let's start with you. Uh, Chaplain's Committee has been a very integral part of, uh, of the National FOP, uh, helping our officers with some of, some of, their, some of the darkest days. And uh, you've got a, a great team of people that, are, that, that, uh, that really – really make a difference in the lives of, uh, of our members. Um, let's talk about the challenges of agencies when they deal with line of duty death uh, and, and the demands that it placed on the agency and, the, and the, 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 I guess the challenges that could be uh, that, that this program uh, would help alleviate to, to, to a great extent. Well, sure. I think one of the most important things for most people to realize, even beyond our profession, is the uh, unfortunate frequency that we have with line of duty deaths of law enforcement officers across this country. Uh, Mr. President, we're still averaging a line of duty death about every 52 hours in this nation. And that does not include the times that we went through the COVID pandemic. Um, And it also doesn't include some of the other um, deaths that we see within the profession, such as that of blue suicide. And so uh, when people start seeing the frequency, the numbers, the sheer magnitude of what we're confronting, um, starts to become very real. And uh, still, again, with most law enforcement agencies, even with those numbers, there are many agencies that don't have a line of duty death 
all that often, thank God. Uh, however, when that tragedy does occur, it also means that they may not have a lot of prior preparation experience or leaders in positions uh, that have experience in dealing and, and walking through the the proper honors, the tributes, and the memorial services. You know, one of the things that I always stress to folks is it's very important for us in law enforcement to remember that this is the most intimate um, setting that a family can have to invite all of us into. Uh, even in a line of duty death, and that's our officer, that's still their family member. That's still their officer. And uh, we have to remember that first they need to invite us into that uh, time. Uh, and also we need to get a good feel for what it is that they are looking for and needing from us as law enforcement support for them. One of the things that we find across the country is that oftentimes our agencies are ill-prepared for line of duty deaths. Uh, many may not even have any type of a policy or any kind of parameters that explain what is available, what honors are available. Uh, and even those that do uh, haven't had one in such a period of time that they have leaders that just simply don't know what to do. I can tell you this, what I have found most valuable uh, in my role of serving as the chaplain and walking alongside agencies and the leaders of agencies uh, when the, uh, when the uh, tragedy occurs is that one of the most powerful things a leader can do in that moment is say, I don't know what to do. Can you help us? And then we have the wealth of resources to be able to fill that in and start to uh, walk alongside them and help them out. Yeah, uh, thank you, Rick. And, uh, I watched I've watched you do that a number of a uh, number of times and uh, and watch the impact it has on a family. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Dignity Memorial, the the programs that you have. And I'm not sure which one of you want to want to take it, uh, but uh, let's talk about those services. Uh, great, Crystal. If you could uh, just tell us about the program that you have and how it could be very very helpful to to law enforcement families, uh, not just law enforcement families, but first responders and uh, also military. Certainly, yeah. And so Dignity Memorial is kind of one of our brands. Uh, our company is Service Corporation International, so you might see those two things used you know, interchangeably sometimes. But Dignity Memorial, we have a number of programs that support you know, military and law enforcement and first responders, one being our public servants program. That's kind of the, the primary you know, program we're talking about here today, and that is specifically for first responders who are killed in the line of duty. And it was stood up essentially for the reasons that Chaplain Rick was mentioning, for the need in the community to have somebody be prepared and to know what to do and how to support not just the families, but the community and the agency. Uh, because you know, as you know, when your fellow officer or your coworker is killed in the line of duty, everything falls apart around you. And it's so hard to expect even just the people in the agency to get up and go to work normally. So, you know, stepping in and offering that support, you know, our program specifically uh, helps alleviate some of the financial burden on families, because as we all know, uh, funeral services can be tremendously expensive. And especially when there's something unexpected and tragic like this, um, who who has the money to pay on top of that and, you know, while experiencing their own grief. So our program does offer services and some of the benefits vary based on location and what the locations are able to do and maybe the resources that they have. But essentially we want to provide 
no cost funeral service, you know, graveside, casket, or and or urn, uh, depending what the family has selected, uh, visitation if that's a f what the family wants, but just also everything that's kind of included in making that that service happen for the family and, and the, the community. Uh, other programs that we have, as you mentioned, uh, are veteran, you know, kind of more veteran-centric. We have our homeless veteran burial program, which too was created as a result of seeing the need in the community for veterans who are unclaimed and making sure that they receive the dignified honors and burial that, that they have earned through the service to our country. Uh, we also have a partnership with hospice that is called the We Honor Veterans Program. And that is essentially, like I just mentioned, you know, a way for hospice and our locations to best serve veteran families because, you know, very similar to the law enforcement and first responder communities, it's a culture. You know, there is a culture that exists, that brotherhood and that sisterhood and that family that, you know, is comprised of, of the folks that work in those those industries. So we have to be prepared to recognize that and to honor it accordingly. Uh, Shannon, uh, why is it so important to to have pre-planning? I mean, obviously, look, uh, you know, we're trying to make uh, decisions at a, at a very traumatic time. Uh, but a lot of this stuff, there's a lot of, of, of help that uh, that you provide uh, well in advance to, to, to address these issues and make sure that the families or the, uh, the loved one is, uh, is, is their wishes should, should you know, this day happen, that, that, that they're honored. Yeah, so um, there's multi parts to it. So there's a financial portion of it that there's definitely an advantage to doing it ahead of time as there's discounts that are offered. But more than that, like the biggest value is making sure that to me, the biggest value is making sure that your loved ones know and honor your life the way that you wanted your life to be honored. Um, we find oftentimes, whether it's line of duty or not line of duty, um, if someone hasn't planned in advance, the family sits and wonders, am I doing the right thing? Would they have wanted this? Um, when it comes to a line of duty death, obviously there's a lot more pieces that come into it, um, but we've worked with our local police department so that you know, they can have those conversations with officers when they first start so that they can, you know, think about if this were to happen, not that anyone wants to think about it, do I at least, can my family know that they're making the right decision um, and be able to feel good about it in such a terrible time? You know, Rick, uh, I, I know that uh, Indiana has a, it does a very good job of their memorial response team. But but really the message here is uh, is, it's really all in a planning way in advance uh, as policies and, and putting these things in place. Uh, can you talk a little bit about about what Indiana does and, and, and how those resources are really, you know, our, our viewers should be asking themselves their questions about their own agencies, about whether these policies and these things have been thought out well in advance. Uh, talk a little bit about what they have there. And, and, and Crystal, I know you, you – you mentioned that there's a number of resources that are available as well, a hotline. If you, uh, Rick, if you could take it and, and Crystal follow up. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we do in Indiana is that uh, we have a lot of those pieces in place ahead of time. We have a very strong uh, critical incident memorial team through the state fraternal order of police. And I think that's a key distinction here that is important to be made, as, we, as I alluded to earlier, don't leave that just to individual agencies. I think that's the power of our collective organization is we can have these pieces 
in play and in place already and be a resource to our agencies when they're in need. And so in Indiana, that's one of the things that we can do if and when we are invited in, and that's key, we have to be invited in, then our team can go to work and start connecting a lot of these pieces of the puzzle. I think from a policy perspective in Indianapolis, the IMPD, we have a very robust policy on what honors are placed out in advance relative to line of duty death, or maybe an active officer who is, dies as a result of a non-line of duty incident, uh, or natural causes, whatever the case may be. And it's a great policy example. And I know that if anybody reaches out, they'd be more than happy to provide that as a template. The other thing that we talk about is this, and I see it time and again, is that in law enforcement, we deal with death and destruction all the time. Uh, and we unfortunately see a lot of death and trauma. But the one thing that I consistently find is that even though we're always working in that field, our officers never really like to talk about it for themselves um, and especially what it is that they would like to see done. In Indiana, our state police even, and many other agencies probably do as well, but they have what they call the blue book. And that is a pre-planning book uh, that every trooper fills out from the time they graduate the academy and they update it annually as to, God forbid, something happens to them in the line of duty, what their wishes are, such as who they would like as pallbearers, uh, the type of services they would like. If they want to have a, a casket funeral or a cremation or whatever the case may be, they can spell all that out. And that takes a tremendous amount of pressure off of our families and our agencies in those times. The other thing is your fellow officers know that you have those plans laid out as well. And they can help the family say, I know that Rick or whoever the officer is, has already made some of their wishes known. And that's really a, a blessing in disguise in the middle of tragedy. And so I think one of the nice things with Dignity Memorial is they offer pre-planning worksheets. That's really a value-added component that's, that's free to the membership to be able to take advantage of, to be able to uh, maybe fill those sheets out. And it's not just for line of duty deaths. I think one of the things that intrigued me in talking to the representatives from Dignity is that they also offer that for our retired officers as well. And it's not just for the individual member, but also for your other family members. So you could sit down with your spouse, your dad, your mom, your children, and you could start to identify some of those things and just say, hey, this is just like an insurance policy. We're going to fill it out and we're going to set it to the side and hope we never have to come back to it. But it's there. And I think that's a tremendous resource that's available to the membership. And this is an organization that I asked them a lot of questions, uh, like a typical cop kind of interrogated them. And some of the things that intrigued me was their ability to provide those honors. The fact that this is a, co a, a company that has uh, over 1,900 locations across the nation. And uh, they're, they're ingrained into communities throughout the country already. And so I just encourage members that as they watch this, maybe do the research, see what uh, representatives are in your area. And uh, there's no pressure there. Just make contact and see if it's a fit for you and your family and perhaps your agency. The final thing I would say is this, uh, they seem to know what they're doing. One of the things that I learned from them is not only do they take care of our homeless veterans, uh, the, the phrase unclaimed veterans is uh, boggles my mind, but we all know that it occurs. A veteran dies, maybe homeless, has no family. This is an organization, a company that steps in and says, we will lay them to rest. They pay for it. They make sure the full honors are provided. And I know that speaks to law enforcement officers. And another thing that caught my attention as I understood it is they've provided the funeral services for the last seven U.S. presidents in our country. And I think that speaks to their abilities. 
and their willingness to support uh, those who stand on the front line. So with that, Crystal, Shannon, I'll turn it over to you to add anything you want. Yeah, I mean, you. thank you. <laughs> you covered so much for us. Like, I don't even know if we have to say anything. But, you know, one one of the things that I am most proud of, because, again, I've been with this company for, you know, close to 15 years this December. Um, I have been fortunate to run the local homeless veteran burial program here. My location is directly across the street from the National Cemetery. It's just, it was a good fit. And, you know, honoring the veterans through that program really kind of made me on a personal level decide, you know, how can I help veterans and people who serve before they need my professional, um, uh, you know, uh, services? How do I do that? And so, you know, becoming involved in a lot of nonprofit organizations such as the Oregon Fallen Badge Foundation, which very similar to your organization, Chaplain Rick, you know, we, are, we must be invited to uh, offer support for uh a line of duty death and, and like yours, you know, doesn't have to be a line of duty death, just something that, you know, requires some guidance that perhaps people are not accustomed to dealing with, which is great that they should not have to deal with it all the time. And, you know, we're happy to step in and, and help when needed. But, you know, to Shannon's point and to your point too, um, pre-planning in these situations not only allows you to communicate your own wishes, but allows the family to understand what they were. Um, although we have these programs that, that will take care of public servants who die in the line of duty, we don't want to use those. Ideally, that is not something that, that should ever have to be used, but sadly, we must. And that's why we're proud to have these, these programs. Um, so pre-planning, you know, between veterans and law enforcement agencies and everything, this is a culture of people, a group of people that like to be in control of, you know, environment. And so what better way to be in control of, of your future than to put down on paper your own wishes for how your funeral happens? Um, my partnership with the Oregon Fallen Badge Foundation was very natural because, as I mentioned, I was an EMT in a, a former life before I, I became a funeral director, and I was very privileged to transport uh, a police officer who was actually shot in the line of duty, um, who did not pass away, who's still living today. Um, but kind of through that process, I was approached many years later as a, f a funeral director that if this person were to pass away now, as a result of the injuries sustained back then, would you consider this a line of duty death? And of course, absolutely, you know, we would certainly do that. And that's how I became involved back into the Oregon Fallen Badge Foundation was just this natural partnership between, you know, that need and what we provided through the public servants program. Well, you, you mentioned that, uh, that there is a, there's a, a support line, a 24 hour line that would help uh, answer these questions as well. And some other resources as well. How would uh, how would someone go about uh, getting that information? Well, you can certainly contact any of us, uh, any of our dignity locations. We're happy to give you that. Some one of the things that Chaplain Rick mentioned was you know kind of the the sheet that you fill out the pre planning, and you know we have these books called the personal planning guides, and you know I'll let Shannon talk a little bit more about that. But they're they're super handy to put everything in one spot for your family. Although we're talking about line of duty deaths and the support that you that's provided, uh, but it goes much further than that. It's also it's also family planning and and so forth. So if you could carry it a little further and 
Yes, absolutely. So yes, with the personal planning guide, um, it does, it has all pieces. So it has um, a financial guide in there where you can list if you have you know, like life insurance policies or where bank account information is held or who's the beneficiary beneficiary on the bank account. Um, it also lists out, um, much like what Chaplain Rick mentioned, like you can list your pallbearers, you can designate, um, you know, what clothing you're to be laid, in re laid to rest in, right? Um, that's another, you know, so often we see families and they don't even, you know, there's the question of, would they want to be laid to rest in their uniform? Should I leave their wedding ring to be laid to rest with them? Or should I keep the wedding ring home with me? Um, and being able to map out all of those details so that your family doesn't have to make that decision when they're already in an emotional state, no matter what the circumstances of the passing were. Um, and with that personal planning guide, there's no cost. You can meet with a your local Dignity Memorial provider um, and they'll sit down with you and they'll show you those options. They'll show you the options that you have available for services. You know, today a service doesn't always have to be a traditional service anymore, right? Like we focus a lot on celebration of life and making sure that it's real personalized to them, whether that be that, you know, it's focused within the police department or if there's another side of their, you know, um, personal hobbies that people don't know, you know, and so they can put that in that guide so that when that time comes, they can really honor their life um, and what they were passionate about. Yeah, I've, so I've been doing this for quite some time. I'm sure you have a number of uh, stories that you could share with us about the impact that this has had in families during these difficult times. Oh, without a doubt. So, yes, I, um, I have had the honor um, to be able to meet with families, um, whether that be in the line of duty um, or, you know, someone that passed naturally or, you know, a loved one of the officer. Um, one thing about it, I will say, you know, the one of the most profound um, line of duty deaths that I had um, because of our local relationship with law enforcement, um, we got I got to know an officer and his wife because they had a um, a local charity group, um, the Injured Police Officer Foundation here in Las Vegas, um, and so I got to know them very well as they you know worked with us for officers that had passed and when um, through COVID, he passed from COVID. Um, and at the time, you know, it was ruled as line of duty. And, you know, as many times as we had worked with him on, you know, through that charity level, never had him and his wife necessarily talked or thought about their own personal arrangements. Right, and so when we went through that together, that was very eye-opening because as many times as his wife had sat in as being a support to another family member, and then when she had to make those decisions, she was like, wow, we just normally do this and now I'm having to do it myself and I wasn't prepared for this. Um, so I think that that's the important part of it, right? None of us want to acknowledge that it may happen to us, but at the end of the day, it's going to happen, right? And so it's easier to be prepared and not have to have your family live with questions of, did I do the right thing? If you simply fill out a book and have a book, there's not a financial obligation whatsoever. Just filling out the book and leaving it with your family can give so much guidance into what should happen. Yeah, if I could add uh, a little personal anecdote as well um, with regard to pre-planning. Um, I 
had a good, really good friend of mine who was a Vietnam veteran, and he was a Silver Star recipient, Purple Heart recipient, war hero, just a wonderful, wonderful man. And he was diagnosed with um, a terminal lung disease, and he came to speak with me. Um, and you know, part of my our personal passion, I know Shannon as well, from speaking with her, is educating the the community on, you know, what the benefits are, what they're not, why you should pre-plan um, what's available to you, whether it's with us or not, do it, you know, just like get something down for your family. But I was talking to my, my friend who came in and told me he was dying and he wanted to sit down with me and he had pre-arrangements through um, one of our funeral homes and he had pre-arranged for something that we call an immediate burial, which is burial with no services, no viewing, nothing. And, you know, he was a member of all sorts of different foundations and organizations and, you know, had a bunch of kids. And, and I, w I looked at him and I was just like, Al, um, you don't, are you sure? Have you talked to your family about whether they want a service or not? Like maybe they need something like that. And so through this honest conversation between us, um, he, uh, changed his arrangements to include a service with military honors and an eight-hour procession to the place of his burial. Um, and I think it meant a lot to, to people, but, you know, there's also, we have to have the courage to talk to people about, you know, I recognize that you don't, you may not want all the bells and whistles for yourself, but let's think about the people who are going to be, you know, attending and your family that's going to be left behind, you know, what can we do to make sure that their journey through grief is supported in the way that they need it to be. So I, I will say Al Herrera's name as often as I can, because he was just a, such a wonderful man. And that was a, a very beautiful experience in my life while also one of the most painful. Yeah, uh, understandable. Well, again, thank you for, for all that you do. Again, uh, you know, Dignity is a a rather large organization. If someone wants information and not sure, uh, what's the best way for them to make contact? Yes. Um, so we have through our website, um, through dignitymemorial.com, um, you can find local locations. You can put in your zip code. Um, and from there, it will list all of the closest locations from your zip code. And then at that point, you can reach out um, and they would be glad to meet with you or um, you know, send a personal planning guide to you um, so that you could have that for your family. Great. Thank you. I, and uh, again, uh, I really, really appreciate the, the recognition of law enforcement officers and, and the loss of active duty law enforcement officers and, and the willingness to assist the families with, uh, with no cost barriers. Uh, Rick, uh, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I think it's just important for our membership to remember we're all dying. We're all terminal. We all have an expiration date, not something that people want to talk about. Uh, but uh, a lot of times I find that uh, at some point in time we're confronted with that. And uh, this is a great way to be proactive in continuing to stand your posts and help your family, uh, even after you. But don't forget, it's also a benefit that's available for you with your family members. So um, it's an excellent opportunity. That template, I think, helps kind of force the discussion sometimes and say, hey, this is what I would like. More importantly, this is what I would not like um, and document that. Another thing that a lot of agencies don't think about is many of their members have um, religious implications for burial. 
certain time frames that burial needs to occur within, certain ways the burial needs to occur. This is very helpful for those agencies to have that too, just in case something happens to you in the line of duty. And uh, I'll give you one final example. We had an officer that had worked over 20 years in law enforcement, but he was very diligent about keeping his spouse away from the job. He never brought stuff home. He never talked about it. And uh, the unthinkable happened and he lost his life in the line of duty. And she found herself suddenly in the midst of this blue line family that she knew nothing about. She didn't know anyone. She didn't know what to do to the point earlier. Should I bury him in his uniform or not? Um, what military military honor should he have as a military veteran tied into it? And who who would he want involved in his funeral? She didn't have any of that information. And so we had to slowly step through that. This template is a great way, free of charge, value added for our membership. And I think it helps them with the discussions. And then they can take it from there in terms of if they want to pursue anything with this specific company or someone else in their area. But I'm just grateful that uh, Dignity Memorial has been willing to come on and share what they have to offer and at least point us to some resources that are available for our members. Oh, great. Crystal, Shannon, Rick, thank you for taking time to, uh, to talk about this on the Blue View podcast. And to our viewers and listeners back home, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Blue View podcast where we talk about those issues that are so vitally important to the men and women who suit up and show up every day and make a difference in our communities. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. To get the latest from the National FOP, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GLFOP and on Instagram at FOP National. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.